electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer Archive. I'll be with my friends. I'm just trying to make a little money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC. Tweet me at Jim Kramer. For the first time I can recall, we're in a vast slowdown within a titanic boom. It's such a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. I can't see it any other way, including on a day like today. This is where the Dow dipped 135 points, S&P declined 0.61%. NASDAQ lost 0.63%, but it felt much worse than that. Right now, the data is so contradictory. We can't tell either way, but this paradox will ultimately get resolved over time. Unfortunately, for some ill-advised reason, we might not have time. There are only two weeks before the next Fed meeting, and as far as I can tell, there are plenty of Fed heads who believe they need to keep raising interest rates rather than take their time to assess the situation. They don't want to wait. They simply want to tip us (laughs) into a definitive recession. I think their view is reckless, simply because we're in an incredibly strange situation, and we don't have all the facts. Maybe the Fed needs to tighten more. But would it kill them to wait another month or two? Prudence is called for right now, not recklessness. That's what you do when you're confused. You don't take action. We know there are a bunch of inflation hawks in the Federal Reserve, including Loretta Mester, president of Cleveland Fed. She's a non-voting member this year, but she's incredibly influential. Susan Collins, president of Boston Fed, also a non-voting member. Michelle Bowman, Fed governor from Kansas, who is a voter. They've, they've all commented that residential real estate is too high. They think the economy's too hot. I get that. In remarks to Reuters that were published yesterday, Neil Kashkari, smart guy, president of Minneapolis Fed, he said, quote, if I had to err, I would err on being a little bit too aggressive in terms of bringing inflation down, end quote. Nine days later, St. Louis Fed President James Bullard said, we need not one but two more rate hikes. I greatly respect these people. I see where they're coming from. Housing prices are relentlessly going higher, as are rents. We still have far more jobs than potential workers, according to the Jobs, Openings, and Labor Turnover Survey we got today. I expect unemployment to hover around 50-year lows when we get the Labor Department's non-farm payroll number Friday morning, 8.30. So, yeah, if you look at wage data, housing data, the economy is booming. Fed clearly needs to cool things down. Hey, why don't you throw in the thriving travel and leisure sector, and you think money grows on sequoias. When American Airlines raised its forecast this morning, you can't ignore that detail. But outside of those areas, everything else has gotten soft. Sell, 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 sell. Everything. And to the point where I'm thinking, maybe the strength in housing and wages should be tempered by the data from everything else. I'm not saying the inflation hawks are wrong. I just hope they'd agree with Philly Fed President Patrick Harker today, who admitted that, well, with the economy's resilient, but maybe they should skip in meeting hikes. In other words, maybe not do the next hike in June. Just try to resolve the boom-bust paradox first. I think that's wise because increasingly so much of the data is just so darn weak that you could believe we might be on the verge of recession right now. 
Let me give you how I think things shake out here so you know exactly what I'm talking about. First, commodity prices, well, they've just been ridiculous. How bad? Plummeting. Plummeting and waste is totally in sync with the recession. Oil and natural gas keep getting crushed. The latter bouncing around levels that signify a severe slowdown. Copper's awful, too. I bet we aren't near the bottom. Second, we're beginning to see a total breakdown in retail with truly discouraging earnings and almost uniformly tepid forecasts. The retail stock charts are so severely damaged, you can't ignore the weakness. Memo to Fed. Please make, please, please make some calls to big brick-and-mortar retailers. You will know exactly what I mean if you do that homework. Third, today we got a dreadful quarter from an outlet called Advanced Auto Parts. I follow it. It's a consistently strong company. That's, it's now signaling a vast slowdown in the auto business, which had been a beacon. The stock lost 35% of its value in a single session. I can't find any justification for its huge shortfall and hideous forecast, as well as an astonishing 60, I'm, I'm sorry, 83% slash its dividend, other than a severe slowdown in auto sales. They've been previously a beacon of strength. We'd be nuts to ignore what they had to say today. Fourth, we know that terrible food inflation has been with us for ages. But did any of the Fed chieftains listen to Rich Galanti, the genius CFO of Costco, when he just spoke? He, they, you know what they hear? They hear this quote. Inflation continues to abate somewhat. You go back a year ago to the fourth quarter of 2022. Last summer, we had estimated at that time that year-over-year inflation was going to be up 8%. And by Q1 and Q2, it was down 6 to 7%, and then 5 to 6%. In this quarter, we're estimating the year-over-year inflation to be in the three to four range, three to four percent. That smells like panic to me if you cut it. That trajectory is so positive. Now, let's think about this. Costco's wrapped the best gauge of these things. They offer the best prices, and anyone can join. They're the arbiter of tens of millions of Americans. According to them, the direction is clear. Food inflation is rapidly diminishing. Fifth, the banks. A few months ago, we had banking mini-crisis clustered among a very few aggressive regional, regional outfits. Very bad. It rocked the financial system, and it's still being felt as banks that I talk to have to cut back on lending and are taking less risk. There's a loan pipeline that was going full tilt as late as April, but that has now been curtailed, perhaps dramatically. Banks don't want to make mistakes. They they get them crushed by the bank examiners, who suddenly are exercising a lot of caution. You may not be able to see it happen, but if you talk to bank CEOs and loan officers, as I hope the Fed does, you know the tenor is much more restrictive and negative. And then there's the border issues, like China. The Chinese economy has slowed so dramatically, you could argue that vast locomotive of global growth could be undergoing a severe contraction. You know, you know we only call it a contraction because it's China. And China's not a free market economy. It's a command economy. They should be able to just order their expansion, but they haven't been able to. Or there are these rolling firings in tech and finance. They're quiet. They aren't broadcast, except the huge layoffs done by an outfit like Meta. Yes, because Mark Chainsaw Zuckerberg fired a quarter of his workforce, touted the year of efficiency. But the layoffs are happening, and they could get very severe very quickly if we just wait four or five weeks for things to play out. Again, the cadence is quickening. Things are getting worse. They're getting worse faster, which is why it makes sense for the Fed to pause a little bit before making its next move. I'm seeing the same thing play out at the major banks. It's dismal, worse since 2009. Remember, Zuckerberg cut back from where he hired in pandemic. There are so many other firms that they started doing that look out below. It's truly a tough moment because we've got a major housing shortage courtesy of 15 years of underbuilding. Yet the Fed wants homes built now and prices lower now. You can't do that. 
While there's no fixing supply side anytime soon, I think we get less demand for housing the moment Biden's freeze on the student loan repayments goes away. At the same time, mortgages are priced off long-term interest rates, and the Fed's latest hikes have done nothing, nothing at all to take long rates higher. So why the heck bother? Now, we got the Fed's monthly summary at 2 p.m. today, known as the Beige Book, and it showed prices rising moderately over the reporting period, though the rate of increase slowed in many districts. Just wait till it starts going down, not rate increase, but down. Given this body of evidence, is it really worth it to raise interest rates in order to cool down housing? When recent rate hikes haven't done a thing to make mortgages more expensive, does it really make sense for the Fed to spur on more layoffs when the layoff wave's already going? Here's the bottom line. I think both of these fears need to be tempered by time, because right now we don't know whether the Fed's winning or losing. So why not wait? Beats the heck out of me. Matt in North Carolina, Matt. Booyah, Jim. Booyah, Matt. caller, longtime follower. I had a question about uh, Devon Energy. I have 400 shares at a cost basis of around $65. I want to know, should I hold, sell, or buy more? I don't like oil. We have a couple. We have underweighted for oil in uh, the Chapel Trust. Uh, sometimes I wish I had none. I think oil goes lower. That's what I know. Michael, Rhode Island, Michael. Hey, Jim, my son has a question for you. Sure, put him on. Hello, Mr. Kramer. I was wondering, as a beginner investor, if United Airlines would be a good stock to buy because it's undervalued and a lot of people travel in the summer. You know what? I like your logic. Uh, would it be my first choice? No, the airlines have a history of not making a lot of money. But I, who am I to discourage this young lad who is doing the exact right thing and look, thinking about what are the fundamentals? I like that. Get started small, and then we build. How about Jerry in Missouri? Jerry. Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Uh, this technology slash energy company got hammered last quarter after missing expectations. Last week, it was up almost 8% with a lot of the other NASDAQ leaders. you think that Enphase Energy has been published enough and will return to the 200s? I think it's too low. I understand they missed the quarter. A lot of people feel they're really a finance company, not an energy company. I think they're a bit of both. I think it's time to buy Enphase Energy. Small, but I would buy it. Joseph in Washington. Joseph. Hi, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Of course, yeah, so Joseph. Macy's has been having a tough start to the year. Just hit a new 52-week low today, approaching a 5% dividend yield, and it's reporting tomorrow. At these levels, do you think Macy's is sufficiently de-risked uh, to initiate a position? All right. This is a great question. And here's the answer. I could say yes, and that stock could go down another 50 cents tomorrow. There is no bid for any retailer. No bid, meaning no one's trying to buy them. Do I think it's inexpensive? That's the best I can do. And the answer is yes. That may not be enough. Too hard. All right, listen, right now, we don't know if we're winning or lose. We don't know if the Fed's got it right or wrong. So doesn't it make sense to pause? Wouldn't that be the prudent thing, not the reckless thing? Why not wait? Made money tonight. Last month, we profiled a company called New Fortress Energy, and we were compelled by the natural gas infrastructure play. So tonight, we're going straight to the source, digging the real story. Then Applied Materials is riding the AI wave up nearly 10% this week. I'm finding out more about what the company's pipeline is with the CEO. And Salesforce reported at the Bell with a secret AI kicker. Was it a needle mover or are people just dumping the stock because it's been so red hot? Hey, why don't we talk to Mark Benioff before we take action? So stay with Kramer.
Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visited visibility at indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Last month, we profiled a very exciting company called New Fortress Energy. It's a natural gas infrastructure play founded by private equity kingpin Wes Edens. This is an incredibly fascinating story. Actually, I've never seen anything like New Fortress. These guys help mostly developing countries build infrastructure that lets them adopt natural gas. Think liquefied natural gas import facilities, gas-fed power plants. New Fortress provides financing for this stuff up, up front, then makes money for years and years on the back end through long-term supply agreements. I think it's got tremendous long-term growth potential. Those stocks pull back from just under 30 to 26 over the past six weeks, mostly because of broad-based weakness in the energy sector, which really doesn't make any sense at all. It's not levered to that. doesn't matter. New Fortress reported a terrific quarter in the interim. So I say you're getting a good entry point. Don't take it from me. Let's take him with the legendary Wes Edens. He is the founder, chairman, and CEO of New Fortress Energy. To learn more about the I'm delighted to see you on Mad Money. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. I'm really happy to be okay. here. Okay. Well, Wes, you've created something here. Now, you've created, you obviously, private equity. Yeah. I mean, everything you've done so well. But this is the most exciting thing I've come across. You're revolutionizing the way people get energy, and you're helping people who otherwise might not even be able to afford energy. I just, I'm going to give you the floor to talk about what you're doing here. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, people talk a lot about renewable energy, energy transition. But the broader topic, my view, is just a lack of access to electricity. Right. Yeah, the example I always use is people in Jamaica use about 10% as much electricity as we do. 
People in Kenya use about 10% as much electricity as Jamaicans. So the average person in East Africa uses in a year what you and I use in three days. So giving people access to that, I, I think that you know, it shouldn't be a luxury good to have access to energy. And that's basically what the foundation of the company was. But usually this stuff takes years. This Puerto Rican belt you did. It, it's weeks. Yeah. How is that possible? No one else has been able to do that. Well, it's the overnight sensation that we built the infrastructure there. It actually got uh, finished during COVID. Amazing workers down there. In the middle of COVID, these guys finish it. Once you have the infrastructure, though, if another need comes up, as it did with FEMA and the government, you're then able to respond quickly. So we got a contract at the end of February. We went COD on the first one of them yesterday. So unbelievably short period of time. Yeah, thank you. Well, I, I want to emphasize something that I usually don't talk about on the show. You are about the power of positive energy. And I want that because you're, you're thinking that gas here, but you're also thinking hydrogen. So for those who say, oh, he's just a carbon guy. No, you're for cleaner yeah. and to the cleanest. Yep. Yeah, no, it's really, but it's a transition. So right. natural gas, better than distillate fuels, better than diesel, heavy fuel oil. Hydrogen, better than natural gas. But there's a, there's a flower for every season. You know, we have a big hydrogen project. Um, that's a company we set up separately that eventually we will spin off to shareholders. So we've talked about that publicly, but we think that there's tremendous potential, especially in this country, for hydrogen. But the real power stuff is going to be driven by natural gas. I think right. that's the transition fuel for a long time to come. Now, I want people to understand when you go through the, uh, the documents, which you should, there are very easy explanations. You are making a lot of money. Yeah. It has nothing to do with natural gas being, if anything, that's better. Yeah. You are, you know, terminal earnings have increased substantially. This thing is a huge moneymaker, even though I would expect it to have been the government project if it weren't for you. Yeah, no, so we started about nine years ago, and for a long time we were a development company, and then we're in this transition period where we're going from developing stuff to operating, and the cash flows are there. And you look at it, we've invested about $5.7 billion in infrastructure, so it's a huge amount of infrastructure. We think we'll make an EBITDA this year about $2 billion, so it's about a 30-something percent return on the investment. It sounds like a big number, but we do that because we cut out the middleman at every step. You're That's letting people in on this. Public, this is a public company that people can buy into. Yep. Terrific. Yep. Now, one that you can't buy into, but I want to is the bright line. Those go. of us who've been in Southern Florida, we can't believe what you're accomplishing. And you're going to be doing one out from L.A. to Vegas. Yes, we are. Is this just a dream come true for you? It is. You know, we've, uh, we've invested in uh, freight trains for a long time. Um, I gave you a copy of the book. About 10 years ago, I read a book uh, called Last Train to Paradise about Henry Flagler right. Right. and the, the train. And we owned that train in one of our funds. And I said, you know what? Um, I love passenger trains. We think there's a huge need for them, especially in a congested place like Florida. Right. And so let's build one. And long story short, we have. Now, you're not a guy who loses a lot of money. These things are all done with the idea that you're going to come out whole, do better, and do better for your investors. Yeah, I say it's the get rich slow business, right? Because you're, you to, it takes a long time to build it, then you have to get it up to speed. We do think they're going to be highly profitable at the end. If you look at uh, similar train systems around the world, so from London to Paris or from right. you know, Rome to Milan, very, very profitable. Those inner city trains, the too long to drive, too short to fly, very, very profitable. Takes a while to build them, obviously, but, but we're, we're done in Florida. So. But your ambitions are big here. Altamira, Mexico. Yep. Mexico used to have a lot of energy. They don't have enough. You're taking care of that. Yes, yeah, so we actually uh, did a deal with the, uh, the government down there, which right. has been really constructive. I'm going to go see the president down there tomorrow, actually. So, <laughs> yeah, so wow. he's been a terrific uh, you know, partner of ours. Uh, we've done good things. It's, it's like any good partnership. We've done good right. things for them, and they've been helpful to us getting business. So we think there's a lot more upside to do with, uh, with uh, Mexico and in, in their natural resources and what they need on the energy side. So it's a good marriage. And another great country, uh, Ireland. Shannon, you're going to be able to do that too? We are. You know, we, uh, we just got noticed today that the application that we made 
um, is not going to have a judicial review, which means that we're like in the last stages of permitting it. We also we won a 400 megawatt power auction there a few months ago. I tell you, the story in Ireland is going to be data centers. All this AI stuff yes. is going to need a tremendous amount of incremental data center demand. Uh, Ireland is probably the best place in the world to do that, and they lack power. So we think that a lot of our power we're developing there will end up like servicing the you know, ChatGPT, OpenAI. That's the, it's the infrastructure part of that whole uh, business. So the arc of your life, Merrill Lynch, Oregon State, same class as Jen yeah. Merrill Lynch, do well, do private equity, but this is your legacy, is it? This is what you want to change. It is. You know, I've, I've said all along that I think that, like, building infrastructure is, is what I view as my legacy. It's what I want to do. And I think that the train business, I think, is going to be a tremendous business. The infrastructure, bringing energy to people that can't afford it otherwise, that's a huge thing, too. So. Well, I'm glad you came on the show because, and I will say it, I said I wouldn't beforehand. You are the musk of transportation, and we need you. The world needs you. Wes Edens, thank you so much. Thank for you so much. Really appreciate really it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Man, money's back to everybody. Coming up. Does this stock have the right materials for success? Kramer chips away with a semiconductor stalwart. Next. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. This is a market where only tech has been able to work consistently, including almost anything semiconductor-related. Take Applied Materials, one of the big semiconductor capital equipment makers. You need their machines to manufacture virtually every new chip in the world. If you're getting cut in half this year, crazy. Applied Materials has rallied 37% year-to-date. It is now up 87% from its lows last fall. Even though the industry isn't doing all that well right now, Wall Street's been able to look through the recent softness in order to focus on the potentially booming future, fueled in part by all the chips you need from any kind of of artificial intelligence. And AMAT, as we call it, is in the middle of everything. So can the stock keep running? Let's take a closer look at one of my absolute favorite people, Gary Dickerson, President and CEO of Applied Materials, to find out more about the situation. Mr. Dickerson, welcome back to Mad Money. Oh, Jim, wonderful to be here. Great to see you. Well, there's a there's a there's a 150-pound piece of silicon <laughs> right now in a key place. Yeah. And I'm gonna let you tell what people what that is, because I think it's the biggest thing that's happened in American technology in years. Yeah, so semiconductors are really the engine that is fueling the data for the biggest transformation of our lifetime. AI, uh, digital transformation of every industry, uh, and really the foundation of that are all of the materials that applied materials provides for the industry. Uh, so you, one, one really quick fact is that in a smartphone, your processor has 60 miles of wiring. No. And 15 billion transistors. <laughs> 25 materials yes. combined, yes. 
25 materials combined 100 different ways, one chip with 60 miles of wiring. Those, it's really amazing. And so those innovations come from Applied. Applied is the largest equipment company in the world. By the way, our last, the, the last three quarters were the highest ever EPS, non-GAAP, in the history of the company. So we're still barreling forward. That piece of silicon you talked about, we announced a new high-velocity innovation center. And Jim, we're innovating the way we innovate. It's, right. it's so exciting. We had all the innovators across the entire ecosystem at this event. Why do Amer- Americans think that we don't make anything and it's all overseas <laughs> when this is right here? I don't know why they don't think that. I mean, if you look at the, the semiconductor industry, three of the top five equipment companies are in Silicon Valley. The top two electronic design companies, uh, Synopsys and Cadence are there. NVIDIA, many of the fabulous semiconductor companies. In Silicon Valley, you have Apple, Tesla, Google, Meta. You know, this, we looked at the technology ecosystem in Silicon Valley. 30 companies make up about 30% of the S&P 500. There's no place on the planet, it's the innovation capital of the world And really, the companies that collaborate the best and the fastest are the ones that are the most successful. So you talked about the piece of silicon. Right. That is a silicon ingot. That's what you cut to to, uh, create wafers. That's going to be the cornerstone uh, for this new innovation center in Silicon Valley. It's a game changer. Congratulations. It's really innovating the way we innovate, Jim. Now, people always hear about Jensen Wong and NVIDIA, but... He was there. He can't do what he's doing without you. Oh, there's no question. Again, you look at that uh, chip I talked about. Uh, it takes almost 2,000 process steps to create that chip. The majority of them are from applied materials. 25 materials combined 100 different ways. So we are the most pervasive in the entire industry. And for Jensen's GPUs, not 15 billion switches, almost 100 billion oh my God. on a single chip. Uh, much of that technology comes from applied. Now, do we have enough engineers in this country to help you? You know, I, I think that's another big focus for us uh, with this high velocity innovation center. The superpower of the United States is our university system. If you look across the tech ecosystem, most of those leaders, many of those leaders, uh, some from the United States, some from outside the United States, but the majority were educated in the United States. So this is our superpower. That's another big focus on this innovation center. We'll connect not only with the entire ecosystem and our customers, we will accelerate that superpower of the university system uh, for for the US uh, and create this tremendous pipeline of new talent. I, I know a lot of people are cynical about the government, but this CHIPS Act, Seems like it's a great thing to keep the intellectual property that we have in our country and do great things with it. it no question is it, it is a uh, catalyst. Uh, so I think there's two things. One is where you build chips. So I think having that secure supply chain is important. But Jim, even more important is leadership and how to right. build the chips. Right. That's what we're doing with Epic, the High Velocity Innovation Center in Silicon Valley. So absolutely, Chips Act is a catalyst. Now, at the same time, we can't, it's still a stock. This dividend boost that you gave was the signal to me, and the buyback has been so amazing. You've been buying back your stock, and you've been rewarding shareholders tremendously. Biggest dividend boost you've ever given. 23%. Uh, this last quarter, we generated over $2 billion in cash flow. Uh, And we said that we're going to continue buying back stock. 
But that 23% increase in dividend, as you said, highest ever, we'll continue that over the next four years and double the dividend per share. All right. That's incredible. Now, how are orders right now? I want to believe that that we're not, you know, you know, a lot of people feel that the cycles are down. We're not doing that well. I think if your orders are good, that means the future's bright. Well, you know, applied. One, one of the reasons we've had the record EPS the last three quarters um, is that we're the broadest company in the industry. So if you look at the leading edge foundry logic, or the trailing foundry logic, memory, packaging, applied is the broadest. And we have extremely high share in all of those different areas. So our backlog, we said, is still pretty strong. Uh, and uh, again, the company is, is performing well. Well, what happened to the, what was the chip shortage about? How did that happen? Well, the chip shortage, uh, it, a lot of times it, for applied materials, um, for us, we weren't able to build the equipment fast enough for all of the, the company's right. ecosystem. And by the way, the semiconductor industry is going from a half trillion to a trillion by the end of the decade. Capital intensity is going up. And so that means you need more tools from companies like Applied Materials. And our share is also going up. But again, we just weren't able to respond fast enough. And one of the biggest um, factors was we couldn't get enough chips. <laughs> so You yourself couldn't get enough we chips. We couldn't get enough chips into our supply chain. Uh, a lot of that, we still have some shortages, uh, but I would say most of that is resolved at this point. All right, so when I look at where we are with, with AI, I'm going to ask you this. A lot of people say there's too much hype, but you would know whether there's too much hype. You would be able to tell me whether it's as big as people think. Jim, technology is going to transform every industry. You have 7,000 chips in an electric vehicle. Uh, 7,000 <laughs> chips. Many, how many chips were in a, a car 20 years ago? Oh. Maybe 30? Yeah, very, very, very few. So, and, and, and technology will transform healthcare, education. You know, we work with system companies in retail with tiny eyes, tiny ears. You're going to have a trillion connected devices um, all around us, every aspect of our life. And AI really is a way to process all of that information for actionable insight. So it's, okay. we're, we're right in the top of the first inning. Uh, it's going oh, to be man. bigger and uh, more pervasive than anyone can imagine, Jim. Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to leave it like that because I love that story. And we're going to come out, we're going to see you in California, and we're going to go to Epic because this sounds fantastic. Now, I, I, I can't thank you enough, Gary, for coming on Mad Money. It's great to see you. Jim, really great to Gary see you, Jim runs AMAT. Thank you so much, Gary. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> coming up, Salesforce hit a record high. What's to come for this enterprise giant? Find out next. All right, what do we make of these numbers from Salesforce? The cloud software powerhouse has been on a tear lately. Do you know this is up more than 68% year-to-date going into tonight's close? After a rare period, very rare, of underperformance and some pressure from activist investors, Salesforce went all in on efficiency. So when tech came back in style on the Wall Street Fashion Show, the stock caught fire. In fact, it got so hot that when the company reported some great results tonight, the stock sold off in after hours trading. You know this stuff. I mean, everyone's betting on a great quarter. Salesforce posted an eight cent earnings beat off a dollar sixty one basis with higher than expected sales, much better than expected operating margins, huge cash flow. Doesn't hurt that management gave strong guidance for the current quarter, raised several key lines of full year earnings forecast. Apparently, it had some revenue line people didn't like it. Just wasn't enough. 
You know what? I think that's purely the curse of high expectations. It's what happens to this stock so many times since I first recommended it. Oh, so many years ago. Don't take it from me, though. Let's take a closer look at Mark Benioff. He's the co-founder, chair, and CEO of Salesforce. Mr. Benioff, welcome back to Man Money. Jim, great to have me. Thank you so much. And hello from San Francisco. Well, I'm going to start by asking you that character to your right back is Einstein. And how much <laughs> is Einstein doing to be able to solidify your hold on the uh, enterprise software? Well, Jim, it's amazing. Uh, the AI revolution is really taking hold here in San Francisco, as you know. And Einstein, a platform we actually announced on this show, uh, did about a trillion transactions this week. Uh, it's really incredible what has happened with Einstein. But I'll tell you, the real story here at Salesforce, in addition to AI, Jim, is our transformation. And we're laser focused on our restructuring, improving our productivity, our performance, prioritizing our core innovations like AI and CRM and delivering for our shareholders. And Jim, as you can see from the quarter, productivity is up, profitability is up, revenue is up, and Jim, cash flow is dramatically up as you saw these incredible cash flow numbers. And we're also increasing our margin guidance for the year to our record annual 28%. We couldn't be more excited. I'm glad you brought up the free cash flow, 4.25 billion. I was looking for something that is almost a billion dollars less than that. How is that possible? Well, Jim, I think we are really focused on profitability, on cash flow, on our core productivity, and it's really paying off in these uh, amazing numbers that we're delivering in the uh, results today. You can see the very strong revenue number, Jim, but I'm really excited that we've delivered this incredible thousand points over the last year in operating margin. I think uh, that is something that our entire team has to be incredibly proud of that we're raising our fiscal year non-GAAP operating margin guidance to 28%. It's an improvement of 550 basis points year over year. It's over 1,000 points uh, that we've come up. It's incredible. No, that is remarkable. There are some people who are saying uh, numbers from contracted sales show that orders are going to be decelerating slowly. I don't see that at all. Not at all. I see if anything they could accelerate, especially into, into uh, well, your big conference in the fall. But, Jim... That's going to be an amazing conference, and I hope we'll see you at Dreamforce. Or I'd like to call it Dreamforce GPT because we're going to reveal our entire AI product line. We've been doing that already incrementally. You know that. You saw us at the World Tour. You also saw us at Tableau Conference. You've seen us at the Slack Conference, and you'll see us next week at our Connections. And each conference, we're showing the next level of our AI strategy culminating with our AI Day on June 12th in New York City. I think the big exciting moment is Einstein GPT. We've shown how Einstein is not just a predictive platform, but a generative platform as well. This is very powerful for our customers. In addition to that, we showed Slack GPT. That is a moment where every AI company in the Valley here is already Slack first. They use Slack to run their companies. I was just with Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, and the one app that he had open on his laptop was Slack, using that from day one at OpenAI. And uh, I'll tell you, Jim, my dream is that all that data that's inside Slack, well, as we work on our own LLM, that Slack is going to almost like wake up and become intelligent itself. It's going to be an incredible revelation for our customers that they've got intelligence by their side with Slack. Oh, let, let's, deep that, let's, let's go deeper. Generative AI would mean that one day Slack would be able to predict pretty much what we want to do and help us go faster. Well, you look at a company like OpenAI or another amazing uh, startup here called Anthropic or 
another one, Inflection. All of them are uh, Slack companies. Uh, that is, they started with Slack. They don't use email. They're collaborating and communicating and sharing inside like thousands and thousands of other Slack companies. Now Slack is also tightly integrated with Salesforce's sales, service, marketing, commerce, our entire CRM platform. Now why that is exciting, Jim, is all that data is inside Slack Enabled by these large language models, it means the Slack is going to be my assistant, my partner, my co-pilot, and helping me to run my company, just as Salesforce GPT is going to let me be my co-pilot in running all my customer relationships. Right, so what would Northwell do with Einstein? Oh, well, you've heard about the Northwell well, deal. everybody uses them. I am a huge fan. Most people outside of New York don't know oh, about the Northwell. New York. Everybody uses Northwell. <laughs> More than 20 hospitals, more than 800 or 900 ambulatory centers, their own medical school, flight operations run by an incredible CEO, Michael yes. Dowling. It's a huge deal for the quarter. And I'll tell you, I think that not only, of course, does Northwell have to have patient relationship management, a, a great opportunity to connect with their patients in a whole new way, but AI can really help them to do everything from really uh, provide productivity and the communications with the patients, helping them to segment the database, create landing pages, and also, as we've talked about, a more intelligent version of Slack. All right, I want to go back to that revenue thing because i got to nail this down. I see no deceleration this quarter coming. I see Excel. I know you're a conservative man short term, but I don't see anything that indicates other than the fact that every day seems to be accelerating versus the previous. Well, Jim, we've given uh, some very strong uh, guidance for the quarter, as you know. Number one, we've also been talking for the last few quarters. It is a more measured buying environment. I definitely even saw that with some of the okay. comments of some of your uh, friends on the show over the last uh, couple weeks, all talking about the measured buying environment that we've been talking about for a few quarters. For some reason, Jim, and this was true in 01, this was true in 08, and it's true now. We saw it before anyone else, and we'll also see the turnaround before anyone else. So. Pay, pay really close attention when we call for a turnaround in the tech buying environment and uh, where it's really moving from a measured environment to an aggressive environment. And I already will tell you what the catalyst of that will be. I can see it with our customers. It's artificial intelligence. I was with a large bank just yesterday right here at Salesforce Tower, New York. The CEO is here. And all of the questions were how they were going to take our financial services cloud, which they had deployed with tens of thousands of bankers all over the world, and supercharge it with AI and our data cloud. Well, because CRM plus data plus AI is the future of every single customer. Now, we have. I know Jensen, Jensen Wong, CEO of NVIDIA, has been telling me, look, Jim, it's not a job destroyer. If anything, it's going to be the, most great, the greatest job creator in history. Do you feel that way? Well, Jim, we have evidence of that already. We've been working closely with a lot of our customers, but one of them that I love and I think you know very well is Gucci, and Gucci is an amazing company. And I'll tell you the thing that's powerful about Gucci, Jim, is that they took our AI, they applied it in our call center. We thought it's going to make them just much more productive in handling cases. It actually transformed the uh, call center agents into sales agents, right. into marketing right. agents. It gave them capabilities they did not have. It augmented them. It gave them augmented productivity. So what AI did was make every service agent the best sales agent, the best marketing agent. And I think with the bankers that were here yesterday and the CEO of this very large bank and for his privacy and security, I'm not going to tell you who it was. I said, hey, every one of your service agents is now a banker and every one of your bankers is now a service agent because 
I think the power of AI is going to be to augment all these skills with all of these incredible employees that these companies well, have. Well, I think, you're, as usual, you're ahead of everybody. I think that makes a ton of sense. Congratulations on what I think was just a terrific number, and the stock's been such a horse anyway. Mark Benioff, co-founder and CEO of Salesforce. Great, Mark. Great to see you. Thank you. Jim, great to see Absolutely. you. Aloha from San Francisco. And money's back yet to the break. Coming up. What's in your mind, Kramerica? Give us a call. The lightning round is storming the NYSE. Next. It is time to start with the lightning round. Kramerica, that's very cool. Throwing this on you, say it, bye bye bye, 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 And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski? Dad, talk for the lightning round. Kramerica, I'm starting with Daniel in North Carolina. Daniel. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah, Daniel, my brother, what's happening? Hey, not much, man. First time, long time. Like that. Thank you for all you do. Um, calling about Jazz Pharmaceutical. You know, this is the kind of stock right now that there will be no bottom for. And it's a shame because it's a great growth company. I put on some here and then wait maybe uh, 10% and buy more, which is what I do at the Chapel Trust. That's exactly what we're telling members of the investment club. Let's go to Joseph in North Carolina. Joseph. Booyah, Jim. How are Booyah. you? I'm good. How about you? Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. Uh, love your show. I uh, watch it all the time. I have a, a question. Um, I'm loving the AI craze that's going on right now. Last right. week, I sold NVIDIA after hours. I made the largest um, profit I've ever made on a single stock. So, so I'd love to stay in the space, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on On Semiconductor. On Semi's doing incredibly well. You know, we happened to have on just a couple of weeks ago. They are lighting the place up. I like that call. All right, let's go to Lewis in Puerto Rico. Lewis. Hi, Oh, yeah, let's play. Let's play. All right. Listen, I got a question. This is vaccine play. I'm in deep pressure right now. I just entered in a high price in the stock and I'm down sharply. But I want to ask you if I should sell now and uh, obtain the losses or keep there and hold it off. It's Novavax. No, you got to sell that one. I'm sorry, Luis. That one's no go. I was hoping you'd say Moderna. I could get my arms around Moderna, but not Novavax. I don't trust them. Let's go to Mark in Wisconsin. Mark. Dr. Kramer, I've got a headache. I, I have some Nurtec. I've got some uh, in, Indomethacin. I have some Amavig. I, probably too much information. What's going on? I'll try them all. I've owned this stock in the energy sector since 2019. They recently announced their first quarter. They lost $100 million. Hooray. That said, they announced a 25 cent dividend. They authorized a $150 million buyback. And the Bollinger Bands are tightening up. So buy, sell, hold. Ticker is GLNG. All right, I'm going to tell you to sell that on the Bollinger Band snapback. If you want to be in that area, forget that little dividend. Go buy new Fortress Energy NFE. That's the move for you. And I think you'll like it. I'm going to Josh in Minnesota. Josh. Hey, Jim. Booyah. Josh, what's up? Booyah. 
This is Josh from Minnesota. I'm a big fan of your work, Jim. Uh, you know, I've been searching for a dividend stock with growth potential and came across Tyson Foods. What are your thoughts on this stock going forward? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. One of the worst stocks in the entire S&P 500. They have 1,000. The S&P 2,000. doesn't matter. And that, ladies and gentlemen, conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, AI is the future. And Kramer's faith is with NVIDIA. Find out how to play the emerging tech next. Jim Kramer is the diehard of the dollar. Hey, Jimmy, love the show. My five-year-old grandson loves to watch your show. I have to thank you for making us money when it's there to be made. Our world is a better place with you in it. in artificial intelligence, especially generative AI. It's a game changer. And when it comes to AI, nobody comes close to NVIDIA because you need high-speed, high-powered chips to fuel the stuff, and those are the best in the world. But as much as I believe in AI, I don't believe many companies will actually make all that much money off it. In fact, I'm betting there will only be a handful of winners besides NVIDIA. But like NVIDIA, they will be huge, huge winners. Hundreds of billions of dollars on the line and great leaps in market capitalization. We know Microsoft has a commanding presence after putting $10 billion into ChatGPT. Google's got a great partnership with uh, NVIDIA. Amazon and Oracle have worked closely with NVIDIA to help their clients use generative AI. Marvell and Broadcom make the pipes that connect generative AI infrastructure. And Mark Zuckerberg at Meta Platforms has decided that AI is the single most important thing for them to focus on. Meta's huge in AI. Yes, there are other major players. Hey, Palo Alto. Yes, cybersecurity. They've been using AI to stop hackers, only optimize its own staffing. We know Salesforce, we heard earlier, uses Einstein GPT to make its clients more productive. Consider it real-time automation. ServiceNow, it's teamed up with NVIDIA to bring generative AI across the enterprise. I also like what I'm hearing from NVIDIA about how this technology can create more lifelike video games. Maybe Activision Blizzard, take to interact, take a benefit. I've seen Adobe's work with AI, it's fantastic. Force multiplier for small business. You need to make the chips, applied materials, Taiwan Semi. Again, hundreds of billions of dollars to these companies that can and will harness AI and generative AI and sell products based on it. But that's really about it. The rest, call me skeptical. They will have to show me, because I'm hearing way too many companies lay claim to AI that are not going to make that much money from it or may not be involved at all. For everybody else, AI is either too tangential or it's being used in smaller ways that can't move the needle. Within the legitimate winners, you know I like NVIDIA most. Hence, it's own it, don't trade it status. Then there's Meta, which has gotten totally immersed in the field. After that, I like the implementers, Amazon, Google, Oracle, Microsoft. The rest, though, are potentially important beneficiaries, although AI might not be enough to help if their core business turns against them because of slowing economy or weaker clients. Now, I recognize that NVIDIA stock has had an enormous run, which makes buying it appear seem very daunting. But you could have said the same thing about the long-term runs at Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Apple, all names we've owned for the Chapel Trust for ages. As they moved up, I was ridiculed constantly for sticking with such obviously overvalued stocks. I was told repeatedly that I would bury people in these things. At times, even I did think they did get a little hot. But, you know, I never lost faith in owning them for the long haul, and I'm not going to lose faith in NVIDIA up here. Will it go up another 100 points right now? Probably not. 
It's probably more likely to go down 50 to 100 points because people will lose interest in buying a stock that now looks like it's pulling back. Even as CEO Jensen Wong just issued guidance for the current quarter that was nearly $4 billion above expectations. It was one of the biggest positive guidance surprises I've ever seen. No, was the biggest ever. Again, just like those other big tech winners that we nailed for the investment club, I believe NVIDIA can be justified if you're willing to think out multiple years in the future, not multiple minutes, where you'll be furious at yourself for so-called top-ticking the stock that Kramer liked. That's why you got to be patient. I'm not saying the whole AI group is in hype mode. I'm saying that there isn't any AI group, just a handful of major beneficiaries, companies whose prospects are definitely improved by AI. The rest of the ideas you hear about, I want you to presume them guilty of hype until proven innocent in the court of investment and have faith in NVIDIA. No matter how low it goes in this pullback, NVIDIA is the winner, possibly the only real winner at this phase of AI and perhaps many phases more. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise you I'll find it just for you right here on Mid Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. Last call starts now. All opinions expressed by Jim Cramer on this podcast are solely Cramer's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by Cramer on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Jim Cramer as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Cramer's opinions are based upon information he considers reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warn its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Mad Money Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Mad Money Disclaimer. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve with the help of T-Mobile for Business. Our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 